Girl Scout Leaders by Esther Eaton. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Betsy Bush, Marquette, Michigan, July 2010. Girl Scout Leaders, published in Careers for Women, 1920. Esther Eaton, National Headquarters of Girl Scouts, New York. Description of Occupation Occupations connected with scouting for girls may be classified into four main divisions, clerical, executive, personal, and specialized or technical. As in any welfare organization, wherever there is administrative work to be done, there is, at National Headquarters of Girl Scouts, the usual amount of clerical work. Stenography, bookkeeping, sales, shipping and supplies, record-keeping, filing, telephone operating, mimeographing, and secretarial work. In general, the salaries that go with these positions at National Headquarters correspond with those of business houses running a little higher than the average paid in other welfare or charitable organizations. National Headquarters has no data relative to the salaries paid to clerical workers in local Girl Scout offices over the country. Executive positions are open to women over a large field in scouting for girls. They may be divided into the following main classifications. Positions in connection with National Headquarters, those in connection with local headquarters, and the position of national field captain or field organizer who is attached to the staff of national headquarters. National headquarters, located in New York City, employs at present a staff of 45 persons, of whom all but six are women. These are divided into eight departmental groups, at the head of each of which is one or more executives. The first of these is the administrative department, including the national director and her assistants, who plan and supervise the policy and the work of national headquarters and guide the work of the various local organizations throughout the country. Three of these groups devote their attention to publicity, magazine and editorial work, editing the Girl Scout magazine, The American Girl, the Girl Scout handbook and camping manual, and all other literature issued from headquarters. A fifth department directs the activities of the field, handling correspondence from and to Girl Scout leaders all over the country, and registering officers and scouts, and supervising by correspondence and in personal conference the work of local directors and the national field captains. Thirty-one cities at the present time, and a constantly increasing number of cities, have headquarters with offices for their Girl Scout work. In each of these offices the work is similar, although on a smaller scale than that at National Headquarters. It requires ability to cooperate with other welfare organizations in the field, to secure volunteer leaders and conduct training classes for them, to organize and direct a clerical force, to plan and handle a budget, to raise money, to direct committees, to do propaganda work and publicity, and to speak in public. There are at present eleven field captains, or field organizers, attached to the staff of National Headquarters, each of whom has a section of the country under her supervision and control what comprises several states. This work, which is very new, will develop into the establishment of district offices of National Headquarters, where work similar to that carried on at National Headquarters will be done. It involves organization work throughout the district. A field organizer will travel to every community in her zone where there are Girl Scout troops, will study the problem peculiar to that community, will encourage the organization of local councils and offices with paid directors, will advise with the captains of the several troops in the community, and try to inspire them with the best standards of troop work, 
will seek new leaders for newly formed troops, and will stimulate scouting in every possible way during her stay in the community. She will be in touch with the press throughout her district, and will attempt to do propaganda work whenever it is needed, will make public addresses, hold conferences, and preside at meetings. When the work is more highly organized, she will open offices in the center of her zone, where she will have the usual executive work to do in connection with conducting a branch office. The third of the four main divisions of positions open to women in connection with Girl Scout work is what we have classified as personal work. It is the direct work of supervising and leading the scouts themselves. These leaders are commissioned from national headquarters as scout captains or lieutenants. For the most part, the position of Girl Scout leader is a volunteer one. There were, March 1, 1920, in the United States, 3,470 active commissioned captains who are giving time each week to the leadership of 75,000 Girl Scouts. The backbone of the organization is here. Scouting for girls must stand or fall by the quality, enthusiasm, and discipline of its volunteer leaders. Hence the great importance of establishing courses of training for these leaders, which will make clear to them the principles of scouting and will guide them through the trying first months of leadership. There are at present a few paid positions open to scout captains, and there will be an increasing number as the work grows in the larger cities. Their function is to take charge of new troops and drill them until a prepared volunteer leader can be found to take permanent charge of the troop. These paid captains are also instrumental in helping with the training classes for volunteer captains. The fourth large division of positions for Girl Scout workers is that of the more technically trained person. Young women who have had special training in physical education and are experts in swimming, canoeing, setting up drill, and can pass the elaborate tests for the higher degrees of scouting will find excellent opportunities in connection with Girl Scout camps in summer, of which there will be many this year in connection with national headquarters and in connection with local organizations. There will also be openings for camp workers who are experts in nature study, dietetics, and so forth. Preparation Necessary the preparation and training necessary for any of the positions at National Headquarters are the same as required for any clerical or executive worker in similar fields, except that so far as possible these workers are being drawn from among groups of people who have been Girl Scouts or Scout leaders, or who have passed through one of the captain's training courses so that the fundamental principles of scouting are familiar to them. The same is true of the executive worker in connection with local councils throughout the country. For the specialized worker who is to lead scouts or conduct training courses or camps for scouts, very definite training is required. The opportunities for receiving technical training in scouting for girls are of three kinds. Certain schools and universities have courses in physical education into which the elements of scouting have been introduced, and scout leaders of recognized standing have been asked to give lectures on the subject before these students. Boston University, Johns Hopkins, and Teachers College of New York have all had such courses, and as more leaders are trained and experienced, more courses will be opened up. In 1918-19, John Hopkins University, Teachers College, and the Boston University established fellowships for the training of Girl Scout leaders. The first national training school for Girl Scout leaders is conducted each year at Long Pond, Massachusetts. For information regarding this, write Miss Catherine R. Briggs, 10 Allerton Street, Brookline, Massachusetts. Each summer there are two encampments here of three weeks each. A second training camp is conducted at Central Valley, New York, where, for two weeks, an intensive course in scouting is given each season. 
Here are also three encampments of scouts from New York and vicinity, where training of leaders who serve as counselors will go on all through the summer. For information regarding these camps, write Department of Camps, National Headquarters, 189 Lexington Avenue, New York City. In addition to these two camps, many local councils of Girl Scouts over the country conduct camps for scouts where officers acting as counselors may receive more or less intensive training. There are courses for Girl Scout leaders given all through the year throughout the country in connection with scout headquarters in the different communities. These vary in intensity and extent. In New York City, classes are given one evening a week covering a period of nine weeks. No requisite is demanded of persons wishing to take these training courses other than that they must be genuinely interested in scouting and must give assurance of their intention of taking the leadership of troops when they have finished. Opportunity for Advancement There is decided opportunity for advancement in the executive and technical fields of scouting activity. Excellent salaries are paid by national headquarters to its organizers and departmental heads and also to executives and instructors in the summer camps and training schools. National field captains are earning as much as $1,800 to $2,500, and heads of departments at national headquarters are earning between $2,000 and $3,000. Opportunities for advancement in the clerical field are naturally limited, but even here every consideration is given to promote persons who show ability to better positions. In the executive and specialized fields, opportunities are almost unlimited. For as good executives build up an organization, they make possible for themselves a larger and larger field of activity and may earn for themselves higher and higher salaries. This is especially true of an organization which is not charitable in its nature and which is increasingly self-supporting. In the field of personal service as leaders of Girl Scouts, financial advantages are naturally limited, but many workers with ability are being advanced from these positions to executive positions as they demonstrate their capacity to fill them. Qualifications. The qualifications desirable for success in scouting for girls are those common to all executives, plus affection for and genuine interest in the welfare of the girl herself. Those who are to become the personal leaders of troops of girls must have personal magnetism, coupled with the understanding of how to control without tyrannizing over a group, of how to guide without dictating, of how to develop what is found in the girl rather than to fix upon her a set of ideas or rule of action. Advantages. The advantages of scouting for girls as a profession for women are obvious. Opportunities for wide and vital contacts with educational movements and leaders throughout the country, opportunities for travel and a delightful out-of-door life in the summer camps, and above all, the inspiration of the vital contacts with the Girl Scouts themselves. End of Girl Scout Leaders by Esther Eaton